your socks and grab your cocks. It's time for another important question. The podcast that killed the radio star. Studies suggest that castrated men may live 15 to 20 years longer than their ballsy brethren. And we'll get into that research a little bit later. So today we get snippy and ask, would you endure castration to live 20 years longer? Now, keep in mind, these aren't 20 years like in your prime. You're not going to be 20 to 30 years old forever, nor are they going to be 20 years of you being all enfeebled at like 80 years old, but just 20 more years in general, and then spread out that aging over a longer period of time. So what say us, co-host Caleb J. Ross? Yes or no? Would you endure castration to live another 20 years? In three, two, one. Yes. Ooh, another great episode where we differ in our opinions. So if you say no, why don't we just jump right into your reasons for not wanting to endure castration? (laughs) It's it's so hard to, to think of anything. Yeah. My reasons are going to be surprisingly dumb. Uh, longevity has just never been a selling point to me for anything. Um, someone could say, here's a magic potion that'll allow you to live 20 years longer and you don't have to do anything but drink it. And I would still say, yeah, probably not. I, I, there's just, there's a deep-seated aversion uh, for me to artificially lengthen my life in any way because the way I've always looked at it, and maybe I'm just... I don't know. Maybe maybe this is something I need to sit on a a therapist's couch to to better understand. But uh, I've always thought that it doesn't matter how many years you have in your life. You're always either going to feel like you lived it well or you're going to feel like you lived it horribly when you're on your deathbed. So and and I don't think any amount of time is going to change that. If you're the type of person who's going to look back on your life and say, oh, I wish I would have done this, then I think you're going to be that person whether you live 20 more years or not. You're not going to use those years wisely if you never did before. And conversely, if you are the type of person who, you know, really grabs life by the horns, uh, then uh, you are going to be that person whether you live 20 years longer or not. So it's really, it's, it's comes down to longevity, really, more so than just the the uh, the castration itself. But I do not want to disappoint listeners, nor you, Gordon. So <laughs> I, I, I will uh, talk definitely uh, about the whole castration angle as well as we get into it. Well, they do, they do say that we conform to the size of our containers, Right. So if you have a, a, a glass half full kind of thing, if the same amount of liquid is in a larger glass or the same amount of liquid is in a smaller glass, you know, would you really change change your life if you knew you had more to live? So what, what do you what do you see as as the ideal lifespan for yourself or does it even matter? Well, what if you have no glass at all? I think that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the glass port in my hand for a dime. <laughs> My ideal, I, I don't know, at this point in my life, I, I don't know that there is an ideal because I'm definitely the type of person who I don't grab life by the horns, but I've always, I've never really thought that was important. So honestly, if I were to die like tomorrow, um, bummer, but it's not really going to like, it, I don't think it would really affect me too much. If I knew I was going to die tomorrow, like today, if, if someone said, came to me and said today, you're, you're you know, you're going to die tomorrow. It's not going to change the way I, I live, I don't think. And that's not to say that I have this glorious, glamorous life. I have a great life. I love it. But at the same time, I also know that, I don't, I don't know, I just don't have high expectations for myself. Maybe that's maybe that's all it is. I don't know. I actually agree with you on the longevity point because I, it's not something I've ever cared about. I don't have the, the, the family. No one's depending on me. We've talked about that before. In fact, if important question hmm, has been about anything, <laughs> I think we've realized how utterly worthless my life is. <laughs> you know, all these questions always make me think more and more like, God, is this it for me? <laughs> that said, I think I would only do it if 
those 20 years were guaranteed. And it's not just the chance of living 20 more years. If you thought it could extend your life by 20 years, would you do it? No, I would not. But if you said it would for sure, and I knew my own expiration date, I would use that time. Well, honestly, if I knew I had more time, I'd spend a lot more of it in front of the television on the couch, honestly. Well, you wouldn't be watching porn anymore. I can tell you that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Right. And, and a lot of that, a lot of my answers would, would come back to that. Who cares at some point? Cause once you're castrated, you know, the desire just leaves you. Um, that's very true. And I want to get back to that, but let me follow up really quickly on something you had said. Um, if you were to have be guaranteed 20 more years, would you, would you castrate yourself? Yes. If, yes. You said you would, but I wonder if that if that differs based on your your life as it is right now. And this isn't a personal uh, personal comment on your life in particular, but you mean quality of life? Yeah, like as you think of your life right now, would you still do that to extend your life as it is right now for twenty years, or are you saying that if you were given that choice back, say when you were in high school or college or something like that, when maybe you and myself and anyone else probably listening was a little bit more ver- virile and uh, and maybe ha- th- thought we had kind of our lives ahead of us, um, would would the time in which you're given that proposition change? Yeah, it, it would. And like at my age of forty one right now, I would do it. But I wouldn't when I was young because I still had all this, you know, pro- promise in line lined up in front of me, which is kind of ironic when you think about it because it's, you know, it, it's you're sacrificing the ability to reproduce for your personal longevity. But when you do that, you're not leaving a literal legacy. I can't have kids, you know. So that's a good point. Yeah, it's like, well, what's legacy? So there's someone like myself, and I assume you to to an extent. My legacy is I'm a creative person, so I do things that will hopefully outlive me. I write books and I record music and stuff like that. And that's sort of always been my child substitute. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think we're going to have to cut this episode short. I didn't know whether to cry or laugh. I, so so who's the mom if a book is your child substitute? Like, what what did you stick your penis in to get that book? Uh, oh, God. The hard, the hard drive? The, the serial bus port? Let's just say I hope USB four has a much wider port. God, you're hung like a you're hung like a U, like a thumb drive, yeah, man. I'm hung like a thumb drive. Pink, <laughs> pinky drive. <laughs> <laughs> but if you go around and you're castrated at this point, I would fear that everyone would just think I'm a sex offender. Like, why was this guy castrated? We don't have to tell anybody. Yeah, that's the better question. I, I neglected that fact in preparing for this episode. Yeah, no one's gonna know. Well, that's important. To, that's a that's actually an important question because when I was doing the research for this episode, I see I was always under the impression that castration happens. Uh, it was mainly done for for eunuchary purposes. Is that is that something basically to create the eunuch? You know, you you've got this image of a prepubescent boy who's been castrated so that he can maintain his his lovely singing voice. <laughs> so, if you have this high singing voice throughout your life, uh, people may know that you're castrated that's one way but if you have this this uh this ball removal uh or gonadectomy as i learned is also wow. another term for it um then you are uh, less likely to people are less likely likely probably to find out um i'm guessing it would be sort of correlative means that they would find out so chances are if you're getting a castration there are other reasons other things factoring it you know you're going through a a total uh uh total operation uh, sex change or something like that. So people are going to find out other ways that you might be doing this. Um, so, but, but all that given aside, yeah, there wouldn't be any reason for anyone to, that, that was a long ramble for really what was a kind of a hypothetical dumb question <laughs> on your, your end. Well, you know how they, they say that they make sex offenders go door to door in their new neighborhoods when they move. I think you should have to post it on social media. 
Oh yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Like all of your social media accounts, you have to, you know, post the picture of you having been snipped. <laughs> Ladies, it's safe now. Bring the kids back outside, you know. That's true. We're all virtual neighbors nowadays. Yeah. You know, I've heard that that castration can be done chemically, that it doesn't have to be done surgically. I don't know the drugs or the process that's involved there, but it made me think, what if I could just do a trial run? You know, what if I could be sterilized <laughs> for like six months and just see how much shit I can get done? Yeah, maybe. I, I wonder if they could do like testosterone removal. Because really, when it comes down to it, I think... When you're removing your balls, you're basically removing the testosterone. I mean, obviously, you're removing a physical part as well, but chemically speaking, your body is altered really in just that one way, right? You're you're removing testosterone. So I wonder if there's a way that you could have testosterone removed from your body without the balls being removed. Yeah, that's that's sort of what the the studies conclude. There were several different ones. Uh, some took place in pri- or prisons or uh, like mental institutions and whatnot, and that was the conclusion that the researchers arrived at was it was the absence of testosterone that that kept them one from like doing stupid shit or always having sex on the brain all the time. So they could, you know, refocus their, their efforts into something more positive. But then again, if you're alive for 20 more years and all your friends and potential mates are dead, then what good is that? That's true. And and it's, I think it's important too, to note that castration is just removal of the balls. So you would still have a penis, but again, yeah, your drive would be completely gone. So it would almost be a mockery. You would be mocked by your penis every day. Yeah. If, if I'm going to get castration willingly, I think I would just want the entire penis removed too. Yeah. If only so that I could fit into women's underwear. And that's what we all want really, right? Really? That's the end. That's the end game in life. I think. <laughs> to fit into women's underwear. <laughs> yeah. I got, I got into her panties. All right. Just not the way you think. <laughs> And that brings us to today's sponsor. This episode is brought to us by Casticles, the new product from the creator of Nudicles. You've seen those, those little ball implants that you can get for your neuter dogs? Yeah, I have a few. They're great. Uh, for your pets? Sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so that your dog can still feel uh, virile once they wake up. You know, it's like, psych! Actually, at my <laughs> old job, I did a bid. The owner, the uh, the founder of Nudicles um, contacted me and I did a bid on making a promotional video for him. They ended up not doing it. And then he went on to fame. He was on all these like radio talk shows and stuff. Anyway, <laughs> Casticles now embolden humans with the same post-op confidence that their four-legged friends have enjoyed for years. No more awkward stares in the locker room. And your lady, or tramp as the case may be, will delight in something other than a bag of empty skin slamming against them during all the sex <laughs> you no longer desire. Actually, now that I think about this, Caleb, this company's really blowing up right now. And I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I'm comfortable with a podcast taking money from Big Testicle. <laughs> Another solid get, really. Yeah. Oh, my God. We were just reeling in the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of dog balls, uh, back to the study that you had mentioned where uh, a lot of the research was pointing to the fact that an absence of testosterone was allowing uh, uh, males to live longer. One of the contradictory pieces of, of evidence or the contradictory studies was that uh, in, in neutered animals, uh, dogs, I think is what the study specifically looked at, they did not find a correlative increase in uh, male longevity. Yeah, I saw that as well. You're right. So it makes me, and, and they did confirm that in normal situations, uh, male animals, male dogs do tend to live not as long as females. So that does correlate with the human um, equivalent. But yeah, in this case, it, it wasn't, it wasn't the same with animals. And I, and I, I think the test just looked dogs. It would have been interesting to see the rest of the animal behavior because my thinking with that is that there are still certain things that humans will do to, uh, win a mate. Right. A man driven by enough testosterone may say jump off a bridge. Right. Uh, but I don't think a dog 
with too much testosterone is necessarily <laughs> going to do that just because they don't have that same mentality. They don't have that same uh, moral aptitude when they're competing for a mate, so to speak. Um, there, there, there are no canine Darwin Awards. There should be. That's a really good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and the studies have shown that even castration in, in dogs even can contribute to certain diseases and whatnot. So what would be some, uh, some, some additional benefits to, to not having balls? I mean, we've, we've, we know that, you know, not being driven by sex all the time is a good thing. So how, how would that uh, show itself in, in normal everyday life now that you have no balls? I think it would, it, it would improve my likelihood of being able to be able to be cast in the Game of Thrones season as, as, as uh, uh, maybe the companion of that Varys guy. He's the master of whispers, and he's got his finger on the pulse of everything. I think people trust him with their secrets because he's not driven by sex. And what do we usually lie about to get sex, right? Mm. Um, on that line, I think my uh, my friends, maybe they'll start trusting me around their wives and girlfriends again. <laughs> nope. No? Nope. I, I could run a brothel, perhaps, safely. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It really, it opens up a lot of career possibilities, I guess, is what I'm getting at. That's true. I mean, if, you're, if your penis isn't opening up any slots in your life, then, then you might as well you might as well force yourself in other ways, right? <laughs> oh, God. But would you, if you had your balls cut off, would you want to keep them? Yeah. I mean, of course I would. I, I would definitely want to keep them. I don't know what I would do with them, necessarily. And, and that's uh, something I, I've thought about since coming up with this idea. You know, what would you do with the balls and, and the empty sack? And, and my, the empty sack, I think, would make a great change purse, honestly. Um, and you're going to have a lot of money not spending it on women anymore. That's so true. That's, that's going to be helpful. The balls themselves seem like it seems as though there's nothing. So I, I have this weird obsession. This is something you should know about me, Gordon. I have this weird obsession with taking uh, body parts, whether they be human or animal, and making them functional in a way that nature did not intend. So I don't know if you knew this. I have a kangaroo scrotum, uh, a change purse, change pouch. I am terrified of where this is going. Well, I, I want to know what sort of functional thing uh, balls could be used. So really, I'm not going anywhere. I'm really posing the question. The sack is obvious. You can put things in a sack. It's functional. Uh, the balls, what kind of function would they serve? Sure, you can make earrings out of them. I mean, of course, we're all thinking about that. <laughs> Uh, but like what functional thing could they do? You know, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you could use those as nudicles. Maybe, maybe you could really put your balls in your, petrify in your, them. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, you could maybe do make play, a, play a really, uh, <laughs> a really sort of, uh, 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 unfair game of marbles maybe. Right. Yeah. Where they lock. Cause I don't think they're perfectly round. They would like roll like grapes. No, they would just wobble all over the place. Yeah. You yeah. could throw them out your window and hope a beanstalk grows. Right. That's could be something. Mine could be those Ben balls that you roll around in your hand for uh, grip strength. Oh and yeah, 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 yeah. But those are perfectly round though. See, those only work because they're perfectly round. Right. Yeah. When they rub against each other. Yeah. 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 Honestly, I think I, I would gift them to my wife so she could literally carry them around with her in her purse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We do have a correction this episode. I've been told by our legal department I need to take care of this. A little bit of business here. In episode four, Would You Have Sex with a Corpse? Uh, one of our more popular episodes. I unfortunately suffered a severe lapse in judgment, and it was pointed out by a loyal listener that I'd now like to retract and profusely apologize to anyone that I offended. You know, in fact, I would take a mulligan on the entire episode if I could. It turns out the film Near Dark was actually released in 1987. Not 1985, as I originally stated. 87, not 85. I'd still totally fuck a vamp, though. <laughs> 
And with that, what about you guys? Is another 20 years of life worth your plums or your eggs? Let us know on Twitter. You can find me at Gordon Highland. And me at Caleb J. Ross. That's it for this episode. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes. You can subscribe and look forward to another episode in a couple of weeks. And until next time, keep your unit on you. Thank you.